0: Welcome to Atari Bytes, the show where we take a bite out of the story within a classic Atari 2600 game and see if that story bites us back. My name is Bill. This is episode 188. Thanks for listening. Welcome back, everybody. Man, we're doing it again? Every week at this time, my brain is like, dude, you gotta go record a podcast. And the other part of my brain is like, really? We did that last week. We're doing that again? For 188 weeks now. It's been like that. Yes, Brain, we're doing it again. How's everybody doing? Life treating you well? It is, uh, let's see, this episode is dropping on Labor Day weekend uh, as it originally goes out. So happy Labor Day weekend here in the U.S. Or for the rest of you, um, happy Sunday, uh, I guess. I uh, hope your your holiday's going well. Uh, enjoying friends and family and uh, good food and fellowship and uh, the beverage of your choice. Multiple beverages of your choice, if you like, as long as you enjoy responsibly. Pet your pets. Go, you know what? Go for a run or a walk or go work out on the uh, on the uh, Bowflex. This week's episode not sponsored by Bowflex, but if they would like to, AtariBytes2016@gmail.com. At you know, basically, what I'm saying is, don't just eat the food and drink the beverages. Um, you know, do a little exercise. Get your, get your you know, whatever you can do. Uh, whatever you're able to do, whatever you want to do, you know, get the heart rate up there a little bit, get the blood fl- flowing, um, uh, just be healthy, everybody, because I've been doing this for 188 weeks, I'd like to do it for 188 more, and I want you guys to be around for that journey. Wow. My, uh, my opening message there got kind of dark and, uh, and kind of serious. Didn't mean for that to happen. Uh, I better go eat another bratwurst and, uh, chill out a little bit. Speaking of chilling out... Flat in his rocket ship Or he go splat. He's Mad Mike Mad Mike So if you remember, last time we checked in with Mad Might, He had scuttled a launch Because of a busted steam generator thing I don't know Something to do with making the steam for his steam-powered rocket didn't work, because he got a bad part off a trades List. He rescheduled the launch for, I'm recording this on a Sunday, about a week before you're hearing it. I think he was supposed to launch again yesterday, as I'm doing this recording. Let's see, did he make it? I don't know. If you recall also, his goal with this launch wasn't to get up to the Kármán line, where he can theoretically see the curvature of the earth or not he was just uh, i guess it's kind of like a test flight kind of thing he's going to go up like a thousand feet or something not to diminish that i mean you build your own rocket and shoot yourself a thousand feet in the air I- i'm not going to say that's not a big achievement but that doesn't make a mad mike any less of a cuckoo bird let's see on the facebook they're really just talking about the film the rocket man documentary that's out I think we talked last week about the uh, couple of guys from Rapid City, Rapid City, South Dakota, who put this film together. It's on Amazon Prime. It's um, it's actually in my things to watch list, but I still can't make myself pay the six bucks to do that. As I said, I'm still mad about spending four dollars for the Mad Mike uh, biography, which was so awful I couldn't finish it. Uh, so I have not watched the movie yet. Let's see, the first reviews are in. I'm reading Twitter now on the This Is Rocket Man. Twitter feed. The first reviews are in for the film, and they're stellar. Ah. Some little uh, icons for stars and rockets and things. Thanks, everyone. Have you checked it out yet? Go to realrocketman.com and find the links to watch. Find us on Facebook and Twitter. Before that, he posted Note to self, when launching yourself in your homemade rocket, pad the seat inside the cockpit using, oh, that's right, we talked about this last week, using bubble wrap. And I said, well, that's stupid. Your leftover bubble wrap from your uh, Amazon order of your, uh, you know, frilly undergarments, isn't going to um, uh, protect your butt if you crash in a rocket. Uh, Yes, I know, Amazon probably doesn't mail frilly undergarments with bubble wrap, but uh, it was the first thing I thought of, which maybe says something about me. I don't know. Am I wearing frilly undergarments? Well, you'll just have to use your imagination. The most recent Twitter post was two days ago, uh, which suggests that, Maybe the launch didn't happen yesterday. That post was just about wanting money, basically. Which, again, suggests maybe the launch wasn't going as planned. Uh, The post was, The Flat Earth GoFundMe campaign can sometimes be a little slow. The film is out. Go to RealRocketMan.com and watch the film ASAP. Follow us on Twitter and Facebook. Alright, so nothing there. Let's see. Facebook, I'm guessing it's pretty much the same posts. Yeah, it's the same post, except on Facebook they have a meme. Picture of Mad Mike... Looking like, oh, yeah, that helped you on an audio podcast to see the face I was making. But the uh, caption on the uh, on the photo is, that moment you realize you only have $65 on GoFundMe, Jesse Colognacy, which I'm sure I'm mispronouncing, I apologize, Jesse, posted in response, commented in response, I had $10 for you, Mike, which begs the question, why? But clearly he has supporters, so that's, that's cool. You know, I haven't checked out the... Flat Earth GoFundMe campaign lately. They don't have a link to that. Seems like they should if they want people to donate. Uh, There's some other stuff on the Facebook page. There are quote unquote hilarious clips of Mad Mike doing things. uh, Moving the rocket to the launch site and all that kind of stuff. Probably kind of cool. Go to realrocketman.com because surely if there was a launch yesterday that would be on there as well. Um, Realrocketman.com really just has links to the film. A little bit about The history of trying to do this launch, photos of the cast, the filmmakers, Mad Mike has been featured in the news around the globe, Washington Post, Hollywood Reporter, NPR, Vice, Fox News, The Independent, BBC, Forbes, Tosh.0. Oh, I never noticed this before. They have the Flat Earth Theory, and they kind of break it down what the idea is. Flat Earthers argue that NASA photoshops its satellite images based on observations that the color of the oceans changes from image to image, and that continents seem to be in different places. The publicly perpetuated image is kept up through a large-scale practice of, quote, compartmentalization, close quote, according to which only a select number of individuals have knowledge about the truth. Okay. Supposedly, NASA is guarding the Antarctic ice wall that surrounds Earth. But then it says, despite the scientific fact of Earth's sphericity, pseudoscientific flat Earth conspiracy theories are espoused by modern flat Earth societies and increasingly by unaffiliated individuals using social media. That's the end. So, I don't get it. Increasingly, it feels like the Mad Mike, Rocket Man people are kind of schizophrenic about this, which I'm sure is not the term that I'm looking for, but that's what came to mind. Maybe the frilly undergarments are distracting me. Initially, when I started following this guy, it sounded like he was this huge pro-flat-earther guy. Uh, But now, every once in a while, he just kind of half-heartedly says, yeah, you know, I, I kind of believe in the flat earth. But then the rest of the time, it's like, no, we just want to see what's going on. And now this thing's like, well, here's the flat earth theory, but but fact is, it's, uh, it's round. So I, I don't know what's going on there. Maybe I'll Google Mad Mike and see if there's any new articles that pop up. Last time, it took a couple of days for articles to come out about the uh, failed launch. And if you remember, the launch is supposed to be re- filmed by the Science Channel for some documentary that they're doing later in the year. I don't think a release date for that has been announced, if I remember right. Nothing really new on the google for mad my use. so as far as i know the earth is still round or flat i don't know maybe it's like um ooh, maybe it's like a diamond shape how about that i'm here here i am launching a new theory the earth is shaped like a diamond there you go prove me wrong gonna prove that the world is flat in this rocket ship. All right, let's get into all the other news this week. I'm looking at my notes here. The rest of the news is, uh, there is no other news. Oh, in the Mad Mike update, I forgot to mention an article I saw in the Pinehaven Press from August 21st. It basically just kind of gives the uh, backstory that we've talked about before with Mad Mike supposed to launch on Saturday, being yesterday for me, a week ago for you, at 400 miles an hour. His steam-powered machine doesn't have the juice to reach high enough to enable him to see the curvature of the Earth. We talked a lot about that last week. They quote Mad Might here, I never give up. The Raptor will greet the heavens. At 63, I'm still a red-blooded Mission hungry daredevil, and my goal is to inspire the boy or girl who becomes the man or woman that changes the world. Close quote. The stone is sponsored by a, quote, commitment-free dating app, close quote, and is being filmed as part of an upcoming Discovery Channel series. I think I said Science Channel earlier. Uh, okay, so I didn't really add anything there, but I did have a note about this article that I forgot to mention. So I'm not going to play the theme music again. Sorry. You can just sing it in your head. All right, let's get on to this week's game. This week's game is Slot Racers from Atari 1978 slot racers is pretty much as well I was gonna say it's as advertised but it's really not it seems to me it is not a you know the slot car race car sets that we remember for some of us remember from our childhoods uh, the little cars on a on a, a racetrack plaster plastic racetrack that kind of uh, run through these grooves and it's a, a racing game right you have these controllers you make the cars move and, and you race around the track and, and one of you crosses the finish line first. This game ain't that. You have cars, cars in quotes, I'm doing air quotes here, On in a maze, and depending on which game you're playing, the mazes are more complicated, and you're trying to shoot each other with lasers, which really just appear as little squares on the screen, because this was a 1978 game. So yeah, slot racers from Atari, 1978, which I guess would be, what, the first wave? Or second wave? Not an early game, nonetheless. Uh, we're using the joystick controllers for this. Be sure the controllers are firmly plugged into the left and right controller jacks at the rear of your Atari Video Computer System. Hold the controller with the red button to your upper left, co- t- toward the com- toward the television screen. I'm totally putting that on a T-shirt someday. How to play: Screech, Pow, Smash. This is the Super Chase scene, and you're in it. Right behind the wheel of a Super Chase mobile car equipped with power and incredible gadgets. Press Game Select to choose the game. The numbers of each game appear in the upper left corner. Press the game select to choose one of the four chase mazes. There are four chase mazes. Each player steers one car through the maze. This is only a two player game by the way. So if you don't have any friends, well too bad for you. Maybe you can get one of the pets to play. Chase your opponent and attempt to hit him with one of the secret missiles fired from your car headlights. Seems like an odd way to do it. Why don't you just mount a laser on your car? You score a point each time you hit your opponent with a missile. The difference between the nine games are speed of the cars, speed of the missiles, the direction of the missile's path. Use a joystick controller to steer the car and fire missiles. Push the joystick forward to accelerate. Pull the joystick toward you to brake. Push the joystick to the left to turn the car to the left. Push the joystick to the right to turn the car to the right. You can turn the car only when the car is moving. All of that sounds fairly intuitive, doesn't sound that complicated, but in the actual game, it felt really awkward to me. I felt I spent a lot of time stuck in corners and would have to go get the other car because I was playing by myself because I'm a hopeless loser and I would have to go get the other car to come over and blast the car that was stuck out of the corner to fire a missile speaking of that press the red controller button after you fire a missile there are three ways the missile can travel control the way the missile travels with your joystick controller if you want the missile to turn left after firing push the joystick to the left as you press the red controller button to turn the missile to the right after firing push the joystick to the right as you press the button. The missile will automatically turn at every corner, except in games eight and nine, when you press the joystick button without pushing the joystick. Tips, in steering the car, note you cannot turn the car to the wall. The car will automatically take a corner to avoid avoid crashing into a wall. After turning your car or missile onto a street, remember to return the joystick to its center position. For example, if you push the joystick to the left, turn the car to the left, push the joystick back to its center position. Otherwise, the car will continue to make left turns. Which may have been part of my problem. I'm not sure. I think it's still awkward. You score score a point each time you hit your opponent's car with a missile. The first player to score 25 points wins the game. The score of the left controller player appears in the upper left. The right controller player's score appears in the upper right. When the difficulty is in the B position, you you can shoot consecutive missiles. Note that if a previously fired missile is still on the screen when you fire a new missile, the old missile will disappear. In A position, you cannot fire another missile if you already have a missile on the screen. Before you can fire another missile, the missile on the screen must hit your opponent's car, or you must retrieve the missile on the screen by steering your car into it. Oh, that's interesting. I kept waiting for missiles to be able to blast your own car with a missile. uh, Which, can you do that in combat? Seems like you can. Not that you would do it on purpose, but seems like that does happen in combat. I may be wrong about that. Uh, But in this game, apparently you can retrieve the missile by just going and grabbing it. Games one through four, select your favorite maze pattern. Missiles travel faster than the cars. The speed of both the missile and the cars can increase with each game number. In five through seven, drive your car fast on these mazes. This time the cars travel faster than the missiles and the uh, speed of the cars increase with each game number. In eight and nine, missiles do not automatically turn corners. So some of your missiles may become trapped in front of a wall. In game nine, you're driving race cars. In game eight, you're driving slower cars. Alright, that doesn't make a lot of sense to me, but okay. And that is how you play Slot Racers. Warren Robinette, of course a well-known name in Atari game development, developed this one. It was the first game that he developed, as a matter of fact. He went on to create, of course, Adventure, which is a legendary game. Video Magazine and its arcade alley, Callum, described the game as a fast-moving head-to-head thriller. Despite noting that the game's plot is patently absurd and that the game has virtually nothing to do with either slot cars or racing of any kind, the reviewer called it a triumph and ranked it as the most important of the Atari 2600 Classic Labyrinth game. I wonder if anyone knows the story of why the hell they decided to call this slot racers, because as this reviewer very accurately points out, there ain't no racing in this game, really. You're chasing each other around, and you're shooting at each other. It's not really a racing game at all, and there's nothing about slot cars. There's nothing in here to suggest slot cars. I have... Dim, you know, sort of vague memories of being a really little kid. And in our basement, there being a huge slot car race set, like a legit huge thing. And it was huge. Like, it was, I don't really remember, but it it took up a good portion of the room. It had to have been, oh, I don't know, six by, uh, not six by eight, maybe like four by eight or something. Just a huge long track and wide for uh, a race car set, especially compared to what you would see today. And the cars were really detailed, like, realistic-looking cars, probably four or five inches long. And they had little uh, a little thing on it on the bottom that would fit into a slot on the tra- track, hence the name, Slot Racers. Uh, and they were really cool. And something happened to set. I don't know what happened, It broke or something. I think when I was a little bit older, I had a much smaller version of that. And I guess now those weren't slots. They had these little... Um, Uh, contacts on the bottom of the cars and it was was like electric or something and and it would hit the track and it would, the electricity would travel between the track and the car or something and that would make it go, which I guess is the same idea. I did see Wikipedia, of course, has an article about slot car racing, also called slot car racing, with slot car all one word, or slot racing racing with powered miniature autos or other vehicles which are guided by grooves or slot in the track in which they run usually actual models models of actual automobiles though some have bodies purposely designed for miniature racing you can get cars in 124th scale 132nd scale HO scale which is a generalized size originally 176th to 187th now usually closer to 164 there are also various other scales many home race tracks are made from injection molded plastic snap together track sections found in race sets which are known as plastic tracks duh Shop and club tracks used for competition, which are usually one thirty second or one twenty fourth scale, are usually hand built routed tracks, in which the guided slots for the entire race course are routed into one of a few large pieces of sheer of sheet material, such as clipboard or medium density fib- fiberboard. Competition tracks usually laid out as road courses with many turns, though ovals and tank tread trapezoidal ovals are also fairly common. The track that I vaguely remember from my early childhood, was like an oval track. It must have been my brother Jeff's track. Jeff, if you're listening, send me a text or something and let me know if if I'm remembering this correctly. Tracks for formal competition usually have banked corners and may bridge one section over another, but may not otherwise use trick configurations. Home tracks often include special features to increase the drama and or challenge of racing, such as slots that wiggle or squeeze the lanes together, bumps, airborne jumps, or uneven surfaces, but these are typically called toy tracks and are not used for competition. There's also slot car drag racing on a long straight strip of track. In HO size, these drag strips are often a scale quarter mile. 124th racing is usually at 14 volts for qualifying and 12 volts under racing conditions. 132nd is between 12 and 16 volts, depending on the type of the car. Most HO rules require tracks to provide voltage between 18.5 and 19 volts, and at least 5 amperes per lane. There are a number of slot car racing organizations, which of course there are. Anytime somebody decides they want to race something for fun or do a competition for fun, there's always somebody who feels like it needs to be organized to within an inch of its life. And of course, there are many organizations for slot car racing, both in the U.S. and the U.K. There's a whole section here about U.K. racing organizations. In the U.S., it's called the United Slot Racers Association for 124th and 132nd commercial slot car track racing enthusiasts. It's the governing body that set sanctions the USRA national championships each year. And they have a website of their own, of course. There's a Los Angeles Times article in 2017 headline: Slot car racing fad of the 1960s is popular again with men in their 60s. The profile starts out with Ed Schorer, who was 14 and loved nothing more as much as slot car racing, uh, when he was 14. Which was a half century ago. But here he is again. In an, on an August afternoon in Glendale. Now 66. A retired school teacher. Uh, and he's there with like 30 other people. For an invitation only. Slot car race in a friend's garage. One of 11 private tracks. Owned by members of the select group. They are racing one thirty second Scale cars. The graying, graying racers. Run, run laps for hours. Earning points and bragging rights as they competed for top racing honors quote the hobby in the u.s is based entirely on nostalgia said motorsports historian and slot car aficionado dennis david so i see it dying that's a upbeat note there dennis david slot car racing was born in the early 1900s languished until the 1950s when english entrepreneurs began to build electrified tracks and controllable scale model cars to race on them the system spread to America, and by the 60s, there was more. There were more than 3,000 public racetracks in the U.S. manufacturers, Skeletrics, Revel, Aurora, Carrera, Tyco. Altogether, they sold $500 million worth of cars and equipment every year. The fad peaked and waned. Slot car businesses found themselves unable to turn a profit. By the 70s, slot car centers like ice skating rinks, bowling alleys, pool halls, miniature golf courses were folding, and there were fewer than... 200 tracks still in business by 1975, and they eventually closed too. There are only two in Southern California as of 2017, Orange County and Santa Clarita. But as public racetracks have gone out of business and the internet makes online shopping for slot cars and parts easier, slot car fans have formed clubs to support racers and host competitions. All right, so that's a little bit of the history of slot car racing and this game, so let's get on with things. After the break, so far this episode has been in 1 scale just for you i'm going to crank it up to 130 second no need to thank me woo all right all right all right i'm ready to party where are the sluts at woo give me some sluts Wait, someone's handing me a note. Slot? Slot Racers. Whoa, that's totally different than what I thought we were doing today. All right, well, I guess I'll just put this away. All right, I guess we're going to play Slot Racers then. Not as much fun, perhaps, but, you know, that's what we got. So, uh, this is a two-player uh, two game. I'm playing by myself. All by myself Because you know, I'm an Atari podcaster. So uh, obviously I don't have any friends. So Um, I will do the best I can and uh, we'll see what happens All right, I forget what game I set this on I said it earlier when I was uh, Messing around with the game. It's a massively complicated maze that I'm looking at simplistic in terms of how it looks, but lots of uh, turns, which is bad for a game like this because, as I'm sure I'll complain about, the steering is really uh, awkward. Alright, we're pushing, I'm sure you've heard this already when I described how to play the game, but you have to push up to accelerate, back to brake, which in itself isn't that uh, counterintuitive, but, I mean, you, t- you push to the left to turn, you push to the right to uh, go right, Uh, left for left and uh, right for right again not that complicated but you can only turn when you're moving and when I was messing around earlier there were a couple spots where uh, I got stuck in a spot where I couldn't go forward I was at a stop but I also couldn't go to the left or right because I was at a stop and there was a wall and I literally had to bring the other car over and shoot the one car so that it would blast out of the corner and I could move it again. So, uh, let's just play it and, and I'll complain some more while we're playing. Alright, I am starting with the yellow car. It doesn't look like a car at all. It looks like uh, like a T. One cool thing is the missiles. You can steer the missiles, although at that moment I wasn't really steering it. It was kind of going around corners on its own and it went ahead and crossed the screen and blasted the other car. The game reminds me a lot of combat, the various iterations of combat, um, although there the tanks, as I recall, didn't necessarily look a lot like tanks, but they made me think more of tanks than these letter T's make me think of cars. Uh, I'm also not getting a slot vibe out of this note, I said slot, because um, you're not really on a slot car track which is what I would think of when the game is called slot racers. Um, also, you're not usually shooting other cars in a slot race on a slot race track. Alright, blasted red guy. Um, you're racing, racer. In this one it's not so much a race. It's, uh, you score points for shooting the other car. Blasted red guy again. Alright, we'll give red guy a chance. Now, I'm not Bill, I'm his twin brother Phil. Gee, Bill, hold still And now I'm stuck The heck, red, bl- red car Alright I'm gonna let Wait Yellow car literally just drove over him I'm not sure that's possible Wait, there's something fantastical and not logical in an Atari game? Are you kidding me? There I blasted red car out of the place he was stuck in Yellow car, Bill is beating Phil four to zero right now. Here comes the missile, red car. Boom. All right, red car. Here, you want some revenge? Here we go. Here you go, Phil. I think it'd be interesting if you could accidentally shoot yourself. Well, these missiles just kind of bounce around wherever they seemingly want to go. I guess, theoretically, you're steering them. But I don't get a real, I'm guiding this missile vibe off of these missiles. I, like I said, I find the controls awkward. Uh, I don't know what I would have done differently, I guess. But, and, you know, remembering this was 1978 and all that. But it was probably really cool to have this game in your collection in 1978. Because basically you had what? You had Space Invaders... Um, a few others, Uh, you know, otherwise you weren't that far removed from Pong. So, yellow car is just kind of going in a circle. Come on, yellow car. Let's see, what else can I say about this? I kind of flipped through some of the other games. The mazes are just more complicated. I think there are some where um, you can shoot continuously, pretty much, like in this game, and others where you can't uh, but otherwise, the game is pretty much the same. Uh, it goes on and on. I forget how many points you can play to. Uh, I won't do that here, because I'm playing against myself. And uh, I want to have some self-esteem left. And I'm done. So... Um, what else can I say? Uh, yeah, pretty simplistic looking. I'll be honest, I'm not sure... Maybe it'd be more fun if I had an actual twin fill to play with. But I kind of suspect not. Um, it's just, it's not great, I don't think. Even for 1978, uh, I'd rather, if I'm playing a game that old, uh, I'll just pull out Space Invaders. Alright, well, I'm putting the car in park, and, uh, uh, you know, happy slut hunting, all of you out there. Back to you in the studio. Hey everyone, this is Michael, one of the hosts of the Atari XEGS Cart by Cart podcast. Do you like Atari? Of course you do! What about the 8-bit computer line? It was one of the best. Well, how about you consider joining Bill, David, Kieran, and myself as we review the cartridge-based games for Atari's 8-bit computer line. We also review budget games which are mostly released only in the UK. But that's not all. We also dig up game history, share personal experiences, and perform questionable comedy. You'll get all of that, and for free, just by listening to us on either iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play Music, Player FM, or from our website at xegs8bit.com. That's x-e-g-s, the number 8, bit.com. And when you're done listening, please send us your hate mail, because we really need the feedback so we know someone is tuning in. Hey, it's me, Bill, your host, the guy you've been listening to this whole episode. Do you enjoy the stories I write and read to you every week on this podcast? but you feel like you just need a break from my voice? I get it, my family does sometimes too. Here's an option. Some of the stories from the show are now collected in a volume titled, Misery Banana, very short stories inspired by old games and odd thoughts. You can order it wherever you like to order books. I hope you'll check it out. Thanks. So here's the thing about slot racers. Thinking about this game, and the slot racing that it's really not inspired by has gotten me thinking more about slot cars and this set that I vaguely remember uh, as a little kid. I kind of want to get a slot car racing set now. I don't know where the hell I'd put it because these things apparently are huge. But it intrigues me for some reason. And I'm not a race car guy. I don't follow racing, like real life racing and all of that. Uh, I'm not a car guy at all, but... These slot cars kind of intrigued me, so who knows. As far as the the game, it's, I was going to say, as I usually do, it's fine, but I'm not even sure it's fine. It bugs me that they call it slot racers, but it's really not slot racers. It's a version of combat, and combat, I actually thought, was more fun. So, yeah, I don't love this one. I think the controls sound intuitive, but they're really kind of awkward maybe i would have felt differently if i played with another person which obviously would change things a bit but i still think it's kind of like i've played this before and when they called it combat, so yeah i I don't love this one i guess i don't actively hate it but it's kind of i played it and i'll put it away and, and that's probably about it it's story time story bites yes it's story 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 time with bill this week's short story is titled slotted lance flipped a light switch at the top of the basement stairs the bulb in the overhead lighting at the bottom of the stairs flashed and died crud lance said never mind tim grunted and pushed past his brother using his phone as a flashlight let's just find it and go Lead on, older brother, Lance said. Age before beauty. We're both card-carrying AARP drones, buddy, Tim said, turning the dial on the billiard-themed swag lamp over the pool table. As light spilled over the edges of the pool table, illuminating some of the basement's game room, the men got a better look at the wood grain paneling and brightly colored carpet depicting checkers, roulette, poker, and repeating swatches across much of the 20-by-15-foot room. Jesus, Tim said. "'Dad hasn't redone this room since 1975.' "'Well, in a way he did,' Lance countered. "'He held up an original thigh master. "'How long do you think he's had this?' "'Fat bastard,' Tim said. "'How do you even muster the energy to bring that thing down here?' "'The room was littered with cardboard boxes, a treadmill, "'racks of their late mother's old clothing. "'Why Dad never got rid of it, they'd never know, "'and various other odds and ends. "'It's not in here,' Lance said.' Of course not tim said this is the crappy he piled down here in the last few years the older stuff is in the back room it's like the like the rings of a tree lance scratched at his stubble yeah and i think i know where it is he shoved aside a punching bag with mr t's likeness on it and stepped through the swinging saloon doors to the other half of the basement tim gave mr t a left jab and chuckled to himself as t bounced into the garfield switch plate in the storage room tim tripped over a croquet set who keeps a croquet set in the basement lance guffawed It wasn't pretty Keep laughing little brother Tim said And I'll turn your butt into a mallet holder Composing himself Lance dug a tissue from his jeans pocket Blew his nose and shoved it back in Tim glanced at his phone We better step on it He said Yeah yeah Lance said I think it's right over Something caught his eye Hey Is that toss across? Referring to the beanbag tic-tac-toe game We're getting close You and that stupid toss across Tim said "'Wussy game.' "'Dad loved it,' Lance said, a little defensively. "'He tolerated it because you liked it,' Tim corrected. "'Played it for hours just to make you happy.' "'He did stuff with you too,' Lance said. "'Tim snorted at that. "'Lance bent down with a middle-aged grunt and picked up a box. "'The fondue pot and accessories within clattered. "'You want this?' "'That was Mom's thing, not mine,' Tim said. "'He looked at his watch again. "'Seriously, we need to get moving.' "'I'm going, I'm going,' Lance said, opening plywood doors on the storage unit their father built when Lance and Tim were kids, during one of his longer, I'll just be in the basement a few minutes, sessions. Oh my god, he said, and reached two trembling hands toward a box. There it was, the one thirty second scale Atlas 1965 M1200 series slot car race set. Fully assembled, it easily took up a 10 by 10 section of the rec room. Of course, it hadn't been fully assembled since about 1978, when in a fit of pique, Tim stomped on a curved section of track and broke it. Tim was kind of a jerk, now and forever. Their dad was so mad. After the yelling, and Tim's incessant laughing, dad built a liquor cabinet. It's all here, Lance whispered, sliding the lid off the faded cardboard box. The photo promised hours of entertainment, and it didn't lie. Looking back, it seemed like he and Dad spent literally days setting up the track and accessories. The grandstand, the little refreshment stand, even the miniature restrooms. Dad's favorite car was the Dodge Coronet in cream. Lance always liked the Corvette Stingray with the green stripe. Dad and Lance laughed and talked and kidded each other about the races. Then that day came when Tim broke the track. Why can't we just get another piece? Lance had asked at that time. But Dad just moped and shoved the remaining pieces back in the box. I got my allowance, Lance offered to no avail. They never played with the track again. Dad spent an increasing amount of time in the basement, alone after that. Tim didn't seem to care. Lance tried not to. Their mom, well, she was just mom, same as always, until she died. Even the little bottles of car oil are here, Lance said back in the present, almost squealing. Can we go now, please? Tim said. I think I heard something. Yeah, let me just put this in the trunk. Yeah, I don't think so, Tim said. Huh? Lance was confused. The track, it's going with me. Why do you want it? Dad gave it to me, Tim said, like ten years ago. I showed him on eBay where he could get a new section of shoulder track to replace the broke part. The part that you broke. That got broke, Tim corrected. So he said, sure, go ahead and take it. I haven't touched that thing in decades. But it's still down here, Lance pointed out. So, Tim said. "'So you must not want it that bad. "'Let me take it.' "'I don't think so,' Tim said, picking up the box. "'Dad meant it for me. "'You never cared about this tract before. "'Doesn't matter.' "'I want it,' Lance said. "'Come get it, doofus,' Tim said. "'Seriously?' Lance said. "'Tim laughed. Let's get out of here.' "'He started to walk toward the swinging doors "'that led to the rec room.' "'Lance shot out with an open hand "'and slapped Tim on the shoulder. "'Back off, little brother,' Tim said. I said, I want that track, Lent, Lance said. He shoved his brother to the floor. The Atlas box fell to the floor. The shells for a red and blue car and some of the track pieces slid through a ripped corner of the box. Still a whiny klutz, Tim said, laughing that laugh. The older brother laughed that drove Lance insane. Pick it up. I'll pick you up, Lance muttered. What does that, Tim started to ask, then found out what Lent, when Lance burled into him, shoving the bitter man off balance. What the... He grunted as he fell to the floor, smacking his head on the concrete. Tim lay still. "'Hey, man, you okay?' Lance said, standing over his brother. Tim groaned then shot out an arm, grabbing Lance's leg, sending him to the floor as well. The fifty-somethings—fifty-something fought on the floor for a couple minutes, then, sweaty and winded, Tim finally said, "'Wait, wait, knock it off. We don't have time for this.' Lance panted and calmed himself. "'You're right. Sorry.' Tim looked at his brother. You know, you're right. The track should go with you. It always meant more to you than me. Thanks, man, Lance said. Whatever. Let's just get out of here. The men marched upstairs, stepping over the body of their dead father. Thanks, Dad, Lance said, clutching the car box. The new cabinets look great, Tim said, walking through the kitchen to the front door. Too bad you can't finish them. That's on you, Lance said. You always mess things up. I just came here for the track. Tim shrugged. What can I say? I'm chaotic good. That's debatable. As Tim pulled open the front door, police sirens filled the air. Oh, you had to hang around and find that stupid track, he muttered. Huh. I always wanted the police car, slot car, Lance said. Damn it. Despite the missing section of track, the track eventually brought a decent price on eBay. And that's our show. Thanks to Kevin McLeod and Incompetech.com for Creative Commons' use of his songs, Reformat, Take a Chance, and Pinball Spring. Thanks to Mike Mann for the Mad Mike Hughes update theme. Thanks to Sean Courtney for the storytime theme. You can find Atari Bytes slotted in on many podcatchers. Get ahead on the track straight away to leave a review on Apple Podcasts and help the show cross the algorithm finish line to get more potential listeners. Or something. Email the show at ataribytes2016 at gmail.com. Like the show on our Facebook page. Follow the show on Twitter at AtariBytes. Or follow me personally at Carnival of Glee. Also look us up on Instagram. And now, you can call and leave a voicemail too. 563-265-1978. Leave us a message about any damn thing you want. And maybe I'll play it on the show. Please also consider supporting the show financially by making a donation on the AtariBytes Patreon page or by picking up shirts and mugs at the ab underscore pod underscore store on zazzle.com. Both things are undergoing uh, renovations this year. It's coming soon, changes to the Patreon project, so now's a good time to get on board with that, and new stuff will be coming to the store eventually. You can also check out my website, www.carnivalofgleecreations.com. You can get info, information and, and links to this podcast, to my other podcast, stuff about books I've written, Uh, All of that, all in one place. Big shout out to my current patrons, Michael Tyler and G-Ray Defender. You guys rock. Uh, Tell your friends, get on board with the Patreon. As I said, new stuff is coming. Hey, hey, do you love Snoopy? Do you know someone who does? Yes, yes you do. Check out my other podcast, It's a Podcast Charlie Brown, which is your one-stop shop for all things in and around the Peanuts universe. New episodes drop on the 15th of every month and are chock-full of Snoopy, Charlie Brown, Pepper and Patty, their adventures in the comic strips, the TV specials, the movies, merchandise, uh, the mind of Charles Schultz himself. We've talked to people who've worked on related projects, sort of adjacent or inspired by the Peanuts universe. We've had authors, illustrators... I even recently talked to one of the actors who did the voice of Charlie Brown in a bunch of specials. I talked to a guy who did a graphic novel reimagining the Peanuts characters and many other classic comic strip characters as adults in this horribly violent dystopian universe and what those characters would be like in that setting. Um, We do everything over there. If you like Peanuts in particular, of course, if you like uh, comics, if you like animation, all of that, we touch on all of it. It's a podcast, Charlie Brown, on the 15th of every month. Next time on Atari Bites, Desert Falcon. All right, well, if it's anything like slot racers, there will be no desert setting and no falcons, I'm guessing, in that game. So be prepared for that. Could be a game about clowns going shopping. I don't know. We'll find out next week. So until next time, go play some old games they've missed you. a little bit of 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 a